This is Tech Talk Detroit with Brian Spurgeon and Chuck Lobert. Tech Talk Detroit brings you the latest in tech news and Detroit happenings every week. All right, welcome back to Tech Talk Detroit. Uh, We're happy to have you with us again today. We thought today we'd uh, talk about a topic that's been in the news recently, specifically over the past few weeks here, uh, regarding the Microsoft Exchange hack. Uh, It's an exploit that was brought out. There was actually four different exploits, uh, but it only affected on-premise Exchange versions. So if you have Microsoft 365, you're in the cloud, you're okay. But if you have on-premise Exchange version 2013, 2016, 2019, or of course anything prior to that, uh, there is vulnerabilities out there, and if you haven't applied the latest patches, uh, you could be susceptible. And even if you've applied the patches, you got to run some tools to make sure that you weren't already compromised prior to applying those patches. So it's been in the news a lot. We thought it'd be a good thing to talk about, and uh, so you know we just wanted to take a little bit of time and and kind of go through that and talk through, you know, really why why you might want to think about not being on on-premise exchange anymore and why you might want to be looking at Microsoft 365, the advantages, the changes, all of that kind of stuff. And of course, as always, uh, we've got uh, our co-host Brian with us, with me as well. So Brian, how you doing? Doing good as usual, man. Just out here uh, happy that we don't have clients uh, on on-prem exchange and we don't have to deal with the repercussions. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. But I think aside from that, you know, there's, they're, they're talking about there's hundreds of thousands of exchange servers hit, which just leads me to wonder why people are, you know, today still still using yeah. on-prem exchange. So yeah, I think I'm pretty excited about this topic today, and uh, I think we got some good information to kind of put put some some things in perspective for folks. Yeah, that that statistic really kind of blew my mind uh, to think that there's still you know these days hundreds of thousands of on-premise exchange servers. When Microsoft has has been working, really trying to steer people towards Microsoft 365 for so long now. I mean, we're it's we're we've got to be five six years into when they've really been pushing it, and really, when I say pushing it, kind of even making it difficult to justify having on-premise Exchange versus being in the cloud from a cost perspective, from a performance perspective, all of that kind of stuff. So that really. Um, just I found that really shocking that there was still that many out there. And then the latest thing was even just as of like a week ago, there was still almost 100,000 unpatched systems out there. So now the patch has been out since I believe the beginning of March. So to think that in that time frame, there's still 100,000, you know, close to 100,000 servers out there that haven't applied the patch yet, when we know that there's this vulnerability out there, that really shocked me as well. You know, it's it's a very concerning thing to think about is, you know, why do we not have systems in place that's just automatically taking these critical security updates and applying them and, you know, have the system set up to see these and, and find the servers that aren't patched and then, you know, uh, deploy them so that they make sure that they get uh, they get patched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if anything, the, those 100,000 unpatched servers are the, the people that should absolutely be the ones in Office 365. They're clearly not putting in the necessary maintenance and upkeep that, that comes along with keeping an Exchange on-prem server. Um, and I think that kind of leads us to just jumping right into it and, and kind of a comparison thing. And I think that is one of the biggest differences is the maintenance. With the on-prem, um, it, it does require maintenance. It does require um, ongoing um, support of that. And that comes, a, that comes as a cost. 
you know, with Office 365, your 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 monthly subscription, um, Microsoft is do handling that maintenance. The updates are happening automatically on the back end. They're updating your software, all, all those things for you. It takes a huge layer of of that off your plate. Um, and I think you know when you're looking at the on-prem exchange servers, it involves a good patch policy. You know, uh, you got to be on top of this stuff. You've got to know um, when to push it out. And then also there is concerns with patching with Exchange, right? When you're when you're uh, there's mm-hmm. almost every patch requires reboots, which means there's got to be coordinated downtime. Um, so it's one of those things where it's it's going to have to be done after hours, right? So it doesn't impact business. Um, so th- it does create interruptions to to maintain that maintenance. Um, but I think you know that's that's an area that's really neglected with Exchange servers. Um, and, and you kind of hit some good info too. You know, it's Office 365 has really been mainstream for and pushed for six years now. Um, most Exchange servers have have should have gone up gone up for some type of renewal mm-hmm. in that period of time. And you know the, the the, the fact that there hasn't been changes to go to that is, is still also um, k- kind of intriguing. So, um, yeah, I think just to get into some comparisons here, um, you know, the, to, the move to Microsoft 365, I think ultimately does provide some more, just does provide more security. Um, I think there's a lot of elements that you have when you have your, your email in the cloud. Um, I know there's definitely some concerns that a lot of businesses have about moving your email to the cloud over the fact of, of it being uh, becoming more at risk for security. But as we just seen, the on-prem exchange server is the one that was hit with this exploit, not the Office 365. So I think that's kind of an old um, approach to, to IT and technology. I think you know, the, the IT people that are really plugged into the cloud, what it does and, and the security that goes along with it, understand that you're not necessarily at more risk going to the cloud. Um, you know, I think one of the areas though that that attributes to that security though, that, that does impact um, the Office 365 service though, is a little bit of speed. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're on on-prem exchange now, there's almost no delay from your email, right? Once, once I send an email, you know, from my company to you, Chuck, um, my successful company, your struggling company. Um, <laughs> you know, the, as soon as the, the it leaves my email server, there's not much uh, that happens in between here and there, right? Um, it's gonna, you know, it hits your email server, you got your email right away. When you're on Office 365, it is a bit of adjustment when you first move because you may not see an email immediately. You know, we're talking, you know, maybe up to 10 seconds here, you would see a delay. But you have to understand what's happening in that time, right? You're relying heavily upon internet, but also you've got these additional services that are um, kind of built in Office 365 and should be enabled. Um, you're, you're looking at the advanced threat protection, which gives you an added layer of spam filtering and, and ultimately a sandbox. So it's going and simulating these emails to make sure there's there's no threat there. Um, obviously, there's there's a bunch of email encryption that should be enabled. That's going to be taking place. If you're a company that has compliance and, and and requirements and you need to have legal hold, all of these different policies need to process before they send through. And, and these are things that are typically not configured on the on-prem level. So mm-hmm. I think when you understand that and you you expect that going into it, um, I know for me, it's don't even think about it anymore, right? You know, 10 to 15 seconds isn't the end of the day for, for an email. If there's something that that's important, it should be real time. Email shouldn't even be the the use case, anyways. Um, 
And I think yeah. too, you know, in reality, if you do set these things up on your internal, you could, depending on your licensing, you you know, get access to some, if not all, of this stuff. But you know, then again, you're going to pay more for the right licensing for it and everything. But if you do, you're still going to have those same delays. And you know, really, the only difference you're going to see at that point is if your server is residing in your office and you get the email and you're sitting in your office at that time, then yes, you're going to see it a few seconds before you would if it were in the cloud. But now you move to you being out of the office for any reason, working from home, you know, working off your phone, whatever it is, you're still going to have that same delay. So mm -hmm. when we talk about a delay, if you think about uh, how it works right now, if you're on an on a uh, on-premise exchange server, when you're out of the office, that's effectively the the experience you're going to have when you're on Microsoft 365, regardless of where you are. So most people, when you kind of start to talk about it from that that uh, respect, they kind of start to think, well, wait a minute, okay, if I'm out of the office right now, I don't even notice it, I don't think about it. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm sitting there for an hour waiting for an email to come in. It's just, you know, yeah, it might be a couple seconds later type of thing. That's the yeah. experience that you would have on Microsoft 365. So it's not like some huge uh, difference or, you know, like a, we have yet to have anybody that we've moved to Microsoft 365. And at this point, we've moved hundreds of companies to Microsoft 365 that has come back to us after the fact and said, oh my goodness, I can't I can't work like this. It's it's too oh, slow. Most people don't even notice the difference. So you know, I think it's important to note, but those extra security measures are so important, especially in the world that we live in today with all of the different exploits that are um, out there and all of the different people, the bad actors that are trying to attack all of these different companies and everything having all of these um, extra security options just built in, it's really just a matter of turning them on generally, depending on your Microsoft 365 licensing. It's it's just so important to do that. It's worth you know having a little bit of a, a delay here and there to make sure that when you get that email that it's it's secure and it's good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, I think cost is another good uh, talking point we should hit on here. So, I think that's another thing that people look at. I think when you're in a business, as you should, you should always evaluate your cost. Um, but I think it's important to understand what what that cost really means when you're comparing on-prem to Office 365. With the on-prem exchange, you're you're talking about largely upfront cost, which once you've addressed those upfront cost, um, the the idea is that you, you don't have those costs anymore, right? And and that's partially true. Mm -hmm. With Office 365, it is a monthly subscription. Um, so when you're licensing on a per user basis and you get all the functionality, all the features that you need included with that subscription. So looking about that, you have to you have to look at what else there is beyond that exchange cost, right? So you're gonna need hardware, you're gonna need a server to run this on. You're gonna have to buy Windows licensing. You're gonna have to buy the exchange um, licensing so that you can spin up your email server. Then you're going to have to, you still, you do have a, a user cost that, so all of your users, you, you need what's called CALs, your client access licenses. So you're going to need them for Windows and Exchange. Um, and that that is the the gist of your upfront cost. Now, a couple things beyond there that I don't think, that I think get overlooked um, for a lot of, especially small businesses, right? This Office 365 might be the difference between you having any upfront cost or having just the monthly subscription because beyond that exchange server, you're probably running a local file share, um, you know, and, and you got to have a domain controller to talk to these, these things. So you're either virtualizing or you're having multiple pieces of hardware to run this stuff. 
Um, but the, the reality is if you go Office 365, if you're just talking about file server and email, with your Office 365 licensing is included SharePoint storage. So for, for us, we've moved a ton of businesses to Office 365, brought the file share workloads with it, and ultimately eliminated the need to even have that, hard, that, that hardware on site anymore. So that also translates to the fact that now, obviously you don't have the maintenance, which is huge, right? Your, your labor cost for somebody to maintain that is going down significantly, right? Um, but in addition, you have to factor in how much electricity is gonna be required to keep these servers running 24 seven all year round. You're gonna to have to factor in to support the hardware they sit on, you're gonna to have to have a good battery backup to, to maintain on there. That has a life, that has a certain life cycle to it. Um, you're gonna have your air conditioning cost um, to keep the room cooled so that these servers don't overheat and, and run into performance problems. Um, and you know, depending on if you grow, you don't really have a lot of scalability. You may need to buy, invest more into that hardware to, to increase your memory, to increase your storage space. Um, so I think you, when you look at costs, you have to look at that. And then you also, you have to look at your backups, right? Um, you have to be able to back up the server and you gotta have a backup that matches your, your priority. If that exchange server goes down, how long can you be without email? And I know for a lot of businesses, it's not that long. There's, there's a pretty, minimal um, tolerance in terms of downtime. So you're gonna need a really robust backup solution that has the ability to virtualize that server if it goes down and get your email back up quickly. So I think when you look at that, um, it's not as cost effective as a solution as what I think a lot of businesses tend to believe mm -hmm. it is. Um, I think for what you're getting out of that per user predictable cost out of Office 365, there is so much, so many more benefits beyond email that if taken advantage of, Cost isn't even comparable, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think you know we've looked at this obviously for for many companies throughout the years as we've migrated them to Microsoft 365. And you know, I think on average, what we've what we tend to see is when you look at the cost of the hardware, you look at the cost of the maintenance, you look at the cost of the licensing for Exchange for Windows for the Cal's, all of that kind of stuff. The the Office software, like you mentioned, the Office suite itself, you know, it tends to be $400, $500 per uh, computer that you want it on per user that's using it anyways. But what we've always seen is if you take that and you look at that as, say, a, a, even a five-year investment, you know, some of those pieces are probably more of a three-year investment. Some of them might be a five-year. But even if you, you stretched it all to a five-year investment, how it generally will break down is you're going to be between $30 and $40 per user is kind of how it breaks out per month if you were to break it into a monthly per user cost. Now, if you look at Microsoft 365, depending on the licensing and everything, you're going to probably going to be 20 to $30 a user. So you can see right there that you're already saving money. Now, that's if you get the whole suite of Microsoft 365, which we always recommend because it opens up a lot of other tools. But if you were to just break it down to an email only and just do it straight apples to apples, you're now going to be between 10 and $20 a user. So it's it they have made it to the point where it's definitely the most cost effective way to do it um it really just comes down to you got to look at it as a five-year investment and compare the two it used to be you know when first when it first came out that it was kind of you know maybe it crossed over around three four years but anymore it's it's more cost effective to do microsoft 365 and then when you see that you can now add on all of these other pieces of Microsoft 365, SharePoint, Teams, you know, all of these other, you know, I just I mentioned two right off the bat, but you know, there's you know probably 30 different 
systems and tools that are built into Microsoft 365 with Planner and you know, all of these other tools that you now get, uh, you're now able to take advantage of. And now you can start talking about, you know, let's say you have a server and it's just used for file storage and exchange and, you know, Active Directory. Well, now you can take your Active Directory, put that into Azure Active Directory. Maybe your files could go into SharePoint. And like you mentioned, now maybe you don't even need a server anymore because your email is out in Microsoft 365. So now you get rid of that hardware altogether. You don't have to worry about the maintenance. You don't have to worry about replacing it in five years. You know, it's just uh, when you really start looking at everything that you get for what you're paying for, there's really no way that it doesn't end up being justified from a cost perspective. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's you just get more security, you get more productivity, you get, you know, always available. You know, now the, the, um, the, value of it just keeps on adding up. Totally. Yeah, and I think in OneDrive is a huge thing, right? Every mm-hmm. user gets a dedicated amount, a, a terabyte of OneDrive storage, which we find tons of use cases for that, right? Um, kind of gives you a workstation backup at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a huge benefit there. You get the collaboration element that you don't get um, by the on-prem exchange, on-prem file server, running office desktop software. Not to mention, if you want to stay up to date, if you're a company that likes to stay, you know, current, there's a new Office application every three years. You know, there's a new Exchange server in that same timeline, like you said. So it's like, if to, to keep, you're going to be throwing money at this every three years, anyways. And when you break it down, the cost is really, it's not comparable. I think you you've got so much more value um, going with that Office 365 route. Um, and I think, and I look- yeah. I say I like the point you bring out about OneDrive. You know, I know myself. You know, I tend to like to re reload my computer probably once a year just to you know keep it running really well. And I used to dread doing that, but now because I use OneDrive and I have all of you know my desktop and my di- my 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 documents and you know all of my important folders that are automatically synced to my OneDrive, it's a really easy process. I I hit reload, I reload OneDrive onto my computer, and all my files are just downloaded and right there again. So. Totally, you, know, it, yeah. you mentioned it as a workstation backup, and that's really how I use it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I use SharePoint for any of our uh, team stuff, any of our company shares, anything like that. But then for all of my personal stuff, I put it in OneDrive, and you know, it's fantastic. If something were to happen to my computer, I mean, I remember what two years ago, I think it was, I was I walked out of a meeting and I walked back in, and somebody was shaking my computer upside down because they had accidentally spilled an entire glass of water on my computer. There was a time where I would have been like, oh my gosh, now what happens to all my files? You know, now yeah. I got to hook up the hard drive, you know, but it wasn't a big deal. I went and got a new computer, loaded OneDrive, and there's all my files again. Mm-hmm. So it really does work well for that. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, and there's a whole element I don't want to, we can get into the weeds with this. Obviously, I could talk about this stuff for hours, you know that, but, <laughs> you know, you open up the door for a ton of automation too that doesn't exist. I got a couple things I've turned on recently that have been awesome for me. Anytime I get an attachment, that gets emailed to me, I have it actually saving to a folder in my OneDrive. So now I don't have to go scrubbing through my email when I, I'm like, oh, I know I've seen that PDF somewhere and I don't have to try to sit there and remember what folder I filed it under or, or who sent me it. I can just go and hit this folder and find the, the attachment I need right there, um, which is awesome for me. The other mm-hmm. one thing is, you know, I like, I, I've kind of got a new f- flow going in sense of, I like to flag emails, um, that I need to do something about, right? I've got that now converting into Microsoft Planner as a task. So 
I'm in task all day, that's tied into Teams. And you can just see that basically by going to Office 365, everything you do is integrated and wherever your, your main flow of work is, you can have all of your data kind of centralized there. For me, it's Microsoft Teams right now. And, you know, it's it, it just the, the possibilities are endless if you understand the cloud solution and it's implemented right. Yeah, and you you used the term a couple of times there, I think, without even realizing it, flow. And that's just another part of Microsoft totally. 365. And that's what you're using to do all of that is Microsoft mm -hmm. Flow. So, you know, just another example of a tool that's there that, you know, probably most people that are on Microsoft 365 today aren't even taking advantage of because most people just, you know, they see this whole list of stuff and they don't know what 90% of it does. They just use their email, maybe SharePoint, maybe Teams, but there's so much more there that um, can be used to do stuff yeah. like what you're talking about, automate stuff, you know, set up workflows, you know, just really help to, to make us more efficient. Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, I think ultimately for, for, for me, it's a, it's a no brainer, I think, in a situation where on-prem exchange, the only time I think really that, that it's got an advantage is if you have some kind of archaic line of business application that needs a direct integration into Exchange Server that for whatever reason isn't supported by Office 365. In that situation, absolutely, I, I totally get it. And you know, you just have to understand what's involved with maintaining that server. Um, but I think for for most businesses, it's it's. The comparison's not the same. And I think the, the difference though is Office 365 is an extremely robust application. It's it's something that you really should have somebody that, that has expertise in it implement it to, to A, eliminate yeah. the, the security concerns, make sure you're taking full advantage of it. Um, and I think, you know, when implemented right is extremely secure solution. And, and in some elements, um, you know, I know for me, I get a ton of visibility. We, we our, uh, our controller, Today was setting up a couple of mailbox rules, right? And I know you reached out to me, you've seen the alert. We've got the yep. alerting enabled where if somebody was to create a forwarding rule, meaning, you know, any, any emails coming in go out to this address, I, I got a notification of it. So I was able to reach out to reach out to her to confirm it was her, right? Because typically that would be a sign of potentially her account was taken over, right? That's a phishing tactic. That's a that's a hacking attempt. So it it was just peace of mind. I seen it. It was her. Great, we move on. And I think you know when when configured right, it's a very secure solution, and you have a lot more visibility than you would ever get. So just that was just one example today that you know I mm -hmm. wanted to to float out there as well. Yeah, and I think you know one note on you know you you mentioned the one point where you know if you're on an archaic system and it's got you know the the point I would say there though is it's time to talk about that archaic system. You got to upgrade that so that you can move. You know, not necessarily just you can move to Microsoft 365, but if that's limiting you there, it's probably limiting the version of Windows Server that you're on. You know, so is that still supported? You know, there's a lot of stuff that now that comes into play that, that you got to talk about there too. So, you know, yes, that may be a reason to be on it today, but now it's time to talk about let's get off of that archaic system sure. and then now let's talk about the move to Microsoft 365. Yeah. There's bigger concerns than email at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to to listen today. We hope uh, you know that you were able to get something out of this. And uh, of course, if there's ever anything, a topic that you would like to hear anything, you can always email us and, and we'll be sure to hit it. But you know, we're going to try to hit uh, current uh, events as they come up, uh, as well as just you know, our typical stuff, uh, you know, as uh, if there's not any current events or anything to talk about. But uh, if there's ever anything you want more information on, feel free to reach out. Have a great day.
Interact with Tech Talk Detroit at techtalkdetroit.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.